on this episode of Team Building Saves the World. The only reason anybody gets upset is because an expectation hasn't been met. It's based off of Einstein. Let's okay. that he said that you can't solve a problem at the same level it was created. Is that what you're yeah. seeing? That that is what I that's what I'm seeing. Okay. Is is a lot of people are like I don't. I mean, they're just like <laughs> it, none of us have experienced this before. Right. Let me ask a question: Do you like being wrong? Does anybody like being wrong? Right. No. Nobody likes being wrong. Once again, it's me, your old friend, Rich Rittensland, host of Team Building Saves the World, the show where I speak to the leaders and innovators of the team building industry from all across the globe, trying to find out what about that industry is so important, especially in the world of today. And today, we are daring to face our expectations with the writer of What to Expect When Having Expectations, Mr. Ben Winter. But first, I need to share some love with my supporters at Team Bonding. If your team is ready to experience teamwork through the power of play, then visit teambonding.com to learn more. Now, team, please join me in welcoming a writer, improv artist, event host, and the co-founder of Success Improv, Ben Winter. Ben, that is a small group of people I keep trapped under my desk just for these occasions. How are you today, sir? I'm fantastic. Good. Good. Thank you so much for coming on board with us. Could you take a second and just explain to my team out there who you are and how you got into the world of team building? Yeah, so I have been doing a lot of personal growth over a long period of time. And during that process, found my way into an improv class. And I absolutely just fell in love with doing improv. And from there, I I started playing with a troupe that I've been with for over a decade and then uh, I started my own business and then everything just sort of mixed together. And I, I found that, uh, you know, team building works really well with just my improv troupe. And so I was like, well, is it improv? You know, what is the personal growth? Is it all this stuff? So I just kind of threw it all together and created this amazing team building process. And uh, through that teaching, kind of learned this whole world around expectations and was like, Hey, there's, there's some untapped stuff here that people don't think about when it comes to expectations. So I just kind of gotten into this personal growth authoring sort of mode of life. (laughs) Okay. So go back a bit before you got into the expectations. What was it that your improv was doing with team building? As I kind of said, my improv troupe, we work really well together. We, it's, mm-hmm. it's almost effortless as a team because we get together and, you know, if somebody's having a bad day, we just we kind of call each other on it, but in a very loving, caring way. And we're able to work through things very quickly and easily. We have a lot of trust amongst each other because we, we all follow the same set of rules. And most people don't realize there are rules to improv. Um, so when they first find out about that, they're like, what are you talking about? It's improv. You just make it up. I'm like, well, yeah, you get them. <laughs> You got to have a foundation, though, to start with. And, you know, when I started really exploring that foundation and those rules of improv, I said, you know, that those rules work in everyday life. They work with teams. They, they just work. And so teaching the rules and techniques of improv and when it comes to a team will inevitably help that team grow and work better together. Now, where did you find a niche for expectations? Part of the teaching is around one of the rules of improv is called be specific. Uh, And 
during that rule, you kind of have to spell things out for people. And what is that? That's expectations. That's communication. That That is one of those big pieces. And every every time that I was teaching it, I would always say the only reason anybody gets upset is because an expectation hasn't been met. And it, it's a cool saying. It seems to hold true. I've yet to be proven wrong. Right. By all means, bring it on. But um, <laughs> But it's great to find a problem. It's even better to solve that problem. And so I kind of sat with it and I, and I played with that and said, okay, well, the moment in time you're upset, there's got to be something you can do with that. And so I created this flow chart. I'm like, you're upset. And the end goal is peace. Like, let's fill in the middle there. And so I started asking these questions of like, did you even know you had the expectation, which most of the times we don't and just kind of kept going from there. And, and after the, flowchart was finished I was like there's a lot more depth to this and I, I kind of feel like I need to write a book to fill in the blanks of people like you know why haven't you shared that expectation you know there's a lot of fear around sharing expectations sometimes because we don't know how the other person's going to react and okay you know, is it even a reasonable expectation to have in the first place so so it just it became this evolution uh, in in the works of of kind of just exploring this world of expectations can you give me a little brief, uh, brief example of a direction you can go on that flow chart you were talking about? Yeah. So as I said, you start at the moment of being upset. It's mm-hmm. a great trigger point in life to know like, hey, I can do something different here. And the first question is, did you know you had the expectation? So if you didn't know you had it, you know, there's first of all, there's no reason to be upset because nobody can meet that expectation, not even yourself, if right. you didn't even know you had it. Um, so you can kind of take a step back and and explore that newfound expectation. Say, where did it come from? Why do I have it? You know, is it something I learned from my parents? Is it something I learned from society? Where is it coming from? And and is it something I truly want in life? And right there, you can just kind of make a decision like, no, that sounds a lot like my mom. And I didn't like it when she said it back then. So I don't (laughs) want it now. Yeah. Like how many people say, I don't want to be like my parents. And then they grow up and say, that just sounded like my mom. Ah, (laughs) you know, so, you know, that's where it comes from. We learn it from our parents. We learn it from our past. And that's, that's kind of the first thing to do. You know, if you did know you had the expectation, you know, you can kind of continue on and, and let's see. Did you know you had it? Yes. Have you shared that expectation? You know, a lot of times we don't share the expectation with other people. And if we don't share it, then how can they, how can they meet us? How can they, you know, fulfill that expectation? How do we even know they bought into your own expectation if you haven't shared it with them? And it, it builds from there because if you've shared it and it's reasonable and you've had a conversation about it and you've negotiated and you're both in agreement, you know, it's, first of all, you're very unlikely to be upset at that point. And if, there's, you know, still an agreement and it still goes unfulfilled and you're still upset. Well, there probably was another expectation and you got to start back at the beginning. Mm. So you have this, you have this, this great idea, this, this thought process of dealing, not only dealing with expectations, but realizing you even had them in the first place. How do you decide you want to take this to the marketplace? The, The book, the concept? Yeah. Oh, so a lot of my background has been in personal growth and this is just a different way of looking at personal growth and, um, and it works in every, every aspect of life, business, relationships, family, like everything. We all have expectations around everything. So it's definitely one of those pieces of good personal growth that once you have a grasp on it, you have a new tool in your toolbox that can help you get through something that is uncomfortable sometimes. It's interesting because every time I, we've been discussing a lot, especially about work-life balance employee wellness over the past uh, few episodes of the podcast. And everybody is coming at me with this tool in your toolbox analogy. 
Um, <laughs> so that that's great. Uh, yet one more tool for the toolbox, apparently. Um, exactly. Yeah. So what are some methodologies that you have for actually dealing with expectations? Well, mine is based off of it's based off of Einstein. Let's put okay. that way. He said that the only way to solve a problem is a different level than it was created, or you can't solve a problem at the same level it was created, something along those lines. And and one interpretation of that is that you can't solve an emotional problem emotionally. Mm. So, you know, some people, when they have an emotional issue, they have to go work out. They have to do some mental exercise. They have to go meditate, which would be kind of on the spiritual side of things. Right. Um, you know, whatever works for them, it's not, I'm going to have some emotional breakdown to solve this emotional problem because that doesn't work. It just makes it worse. Yeah. And so what I've done is I've created a mental process for an emotional problem. Uh, and it's, it's just one thing that might be the difference for one, one or two people out there that haven't found what works for them. Uh, one of the things that I always look at is Tony Robbins. He's very well known in the personal growth area. Right. And some people absolutely love him and they worship the ground he walks on and other people can't stand him. <laughs> and, you know, they just have these two schools of thought. And then, you know, there's other people out there that are doing personal growth and there's new people entering the arena all the time. And you connect with one or the other and none of them are saying anything different than the other person. They're just delivering it in a different way using different words, but it's all the same concepts. When you really break it down, it's all the same stuff. Okay. And so I've, I've not created anything new. I'm just doing it in a different way. And the one thing I like about that is if you don't like Tony Robbins, go find somebody else. But sure. as long as you're growing as a person, as long as you're putting these tools in your toolbox, as you will, then you're going to be a happier person at the end of the day. And if that's not what we're all striving for, I don't, I don't know what the point is. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are people out there who aren't striving for it. They don't even realize that it's something they can strive for. I, I've seen the videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. An expectation that that, you know, they've never had might be one of those. I need to do personal growth. I need to actually, you know, broaden my own horizons, which has a choice. In the matter. Exactly, exactly. But we have, especially in the world of today, I'm not even talking about business anymore. What we're all seeing is so much emotional arguing. This isn't a logical choice that I'm making. This is a point of my emotional belief. And if you are against it, then you are forever against me. Is there anything you could recommend to people who are facing that kind of, I want to say blockage to their own personal experiences, you know, to help them move forward? Yeah, well, that's that's my next book. <laughs> <laughs> Great, let's get a sneak so, peek. <laughs> oh yeah, it's 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 a topic that it hurts my brain when I when I explore this topic because uh, the best way I can put it is it's it's all about perspective. If you want to be right about something, you will find the perspective to be right about it. Sure. If you want to be, if you want to, you know, let's just take something as stupid as being a flat earth advocate. Okay. Do you think the earth is flat? I hope, Rich, you don't think the earth is flat because then I'm offending you completely, but that's okay right now. We're fine so far. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So in the, in the world today, there are people who think the earth is flat mm -hmm. and they have videos and social media and all these things to prove that they're right about their perspective. Right. Even though some of the proof is not proof in any way, shape, or form. Like somebody put a level on the ground and see, see, it's level. I'm like, wow. But how is that um, an expectation, Ben? How it, is, how is it, or is the expectation yeah. that I should be believed? Yes. The, the expectation really comes to 
this is the perspective I grew up with, so I expect other people to have the same view. Okay. And that, and that's the way that it comes down to. So let me take it to a, a real-life scenario. If you grow up hating a certain person because of the way they look, like let's just say you grow up racist because sure. that's what your family did, then that's your perspective on life. That's your expectation. Your expectation is everybody of that color or that persuasion is bad. Okay. So that is your expectation growing up because that was your perception as a child. So when your perception and your expectations of life are challenged, well, let me ask a question. Do you like being wrong? Does anybody like being wrong? Right. No, nobody likes being wrong. Sure. Now, if you figure it out on your own, you're like, oh, I was wrong. You, you might beat yourself up for five minutes, maybe an hour, but you'll get over it. You'll move on. You're like, I have new information. Yay. I'm a better person. Mm-hmm. If somebody tells you you're wrong and we have plenty of proof, I don't, proof of it on the internet, they will fight you forever. Like you said, they will fight and fight and fight and fight. You know, just the world of politics today, you know, Democrat and Republican, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. They will not give because it's this battle of you're wrong versus you're wrong rather than, hey, let's get on the same page and talk about the same thing rather than decide that you're wrong about it before we even get on the playing field. Or let's at least find something we can work together on as opposed to just being against each other. Exactly. That's where the expectations really come in is around the perspective of how we grew up and what the parents, the friends, the society that we grew up in have morphed our brains into what is right. And, and that's our expectation of life. And so when that's challenged, we fight back because we don't want to be wrong. It's, it's a subconscious fight that comes out and just lashes out. And it's like, I don't know why I'm lashing out, but you're trying to make me wrong and that's not okay. Okay. And unless you're doing personal growth, you're not going to recognize it as such, and you're just going to lash out, and that's just your life. Mm. This is this is great, Ben. This is very fascinating. I want to get back to this. I do need a brief second here. Okay. So I can tell all my team out there about a company I'm so proud to be a part of, Team Bonding. Team Bonding was founded over 20 years ago with one simple question. How can employees have a great time while fostering strong, authentic bonds between people who work together? They've created a catalog of innovative events using the power of play as a learning tool and tapping into the correlation of work and play. From scavenger hunts to Jeopardy and so, so much more, the team bonding of activities, live, virtual, and hybrid, maximizes the impact of team building with an accent on fun. Visit teambonding.com to schedule your event now. Team bonding, when you want seriously fun results. All right. So we're talking about how people are, with their expectations, they're coming head-to-head against one another. Let's talk more about the business side of this, especially in a post-pandemic world. People now are starting to go back to work, but that might look different for different organizations. What kind of expectations are we seeing out there from the office side and from the employee side? I think from the employee side, I mean, let's start there, is employees are are easily, especially introverts, are easily going and saying, I work really well from home. Did you not see the results that I created? Sure. 
this past year from working at home and being an introvert, I'm very happy to be at home by myself. Whereas extroverts are like, hell yeah, let's get back into the office. I miss people. <laughs> I miss the conversations. Like let's, can we just all work in the lunchroom together and not like go to our own offices or cubicles? Okay. Um, and so you're, you're going to have this weird dynamic of people wanting to be able to choose where they work uh, because they've had proof that it works. Right. Now there are some industries where absolutely things have suffered because the lunchtime banter sometimes will solve problems that people didn't even realize they had. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's like that whole brainstorming thing where it's, it just kind of comes together and you can't, it, it's harder to do when you're by yourself and you're not in a zoom meeting and, and so on. Uh, it's not impossible. It's right. just more difficult. Now bosses you know, they have their preconceived ideas of how business is supposed to work. And along the lines of being wrong or right, they've been challenged over the last year. Mm. You know, there's a lot of people who are like, it only works if you're in the office, but then they've been sort of proven wrong over the last year that it, that's not the only way. You also have people who are interested in the, the financial side of things of like, hey, how much money did we save by not having an office? Or if we got rid of this monthly expense of this office space, mm -hmm. you know, what could we do instead with that money for this business? And so a lot of people's perspectives and, and expectations of how business is supposed to be run are, are kind of up in flux of like, what should we do? And hopefully the decision makers are kind of taking into account what the employees want. Because there are plenty of employees that are like, Let, I, can I please just keep working from home? Sure. And there are some people who are like, I, I just heard a NPR something. But they were talking about people that have moved from like California to Idaho for cost of living because now they can work remotely. Ah. And now Idaho, now Idaho, like the real estate market is going through the roof because everybody's moving to Idaho. But, you know, what's next? Oklahoma, South Dakota. I mean, we don't know where it's going to happen next, but if people are allowed to work remotely, they can have these high paying California jobs, mm. but then they move out to, you know, someplace where the cost of living is a, a quarter of what it was. Now they're able to save money and do more with it, with that money. So uh, the whole world's changing in that aspect. And, you know, I think the expectation right now is just, be ready for whatever. <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds more like now people are dealing with the lack of expectation, the unknown, as it were, about how this is all going to function. Is that what you're yeah. seeing? That, that is what I that's what I'm seeing okay. is is a lot of people are like, I don't I mean, they're just like, <laughs> it, because they they haven't none of us have experienced this before. Right. Right. I mean, there might be a few people that were around during this, you know, night in 1918, but I doubt it. <laughs> and maybe they're not cognitively there anymore. I mean, they're over 100 years old. Well, yeah, they're probably not in the marketplace. Yeah. So this is not a thing that any of us have ever experienced before. We don't have a past to draw from. We're, this mm -hmm. is all new territory. So our expectations are all mixed because whatever we can pull from isn't a direct correlation. So we're trying to like, merge ideas and thoughts together okay, uh, to come up with something that works for us. So people should be able to expect that expectations themselves are going to change as we're going either back to this hybrid reality where sometimes people are in the office and most times people are still working from home. How do you recommend people deal with, you know, the creeping expectations that aren't here yet? Like you might have a boss someday I, who just yeah. comes up with, we've been doing fine, but I need people back here with me so that we can, 
you know, spitball ideas off of each other as the day is going on. And then suddenly mm-hmm. these people who were happily working remotely are now being told they have to spend X amount of hours in the office every week. You know, when these things that haven't happened yet creep up, what kind of recommendations can you have for them? I would say definitely be flexible and definitely share your own expectations with your boss. Like it's not, I personally don't feel like it should be a one directional thing. Right. That's not the, that's not the society we live in. So they have their expectations and you have your expectations. At some point you have to come together and communicate. I know this is a hard concept in today's world. Communication is, is something we've all forgotten how to do, but it is important for us to communicate our expectations so that we can come to a common ground and and negotiate what's going to work best for everyone. And I think as long as you're willing to share and come together uh, and take each other's expectations into account, everything's going to be better. Now, are you going to get what you want? Maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that is one thing about being an employee is you have less say than being a business owner right? or at the top of a business. And that's why, you know, there's plenty of people out there that go and start their own business because they don't want somebody telling them what to do. Um, But there are other people who are just perfectly happy, like reporting to their boss and being told what to do. So it, wherever you land on that scale, you have to be willing to, to have those hard conversations sometimes of saying, I, I get you want us back in the office. Do you get that? I love working from home and I'm so much more productive from home because I'm not interrupted by all the extroverts who want to talk to me. <laughs> you know? Okay. So, so maybe the boss can see like, okay, maybe if you work from home three out of the five days of the week, will that work for you? And then maybe, you know, it's a negotiation at that point. Okay. So you're talking about communication not only at the point of a potential conflict, but all throughout. Absolutely. Okay. And the, the whole point of communication is to avoid conflicts. It's, it's to preemptively keep it from happening. Can you give me an example of that? Like what, what are some of the things that you've seen where if they had only started talking earlier or, or all through that, it would have been a little bit better without going into, you know, too many specifics about company names or, or, or yeah. individuals. Well, I, I just bring it back to the, the top of the flow chart is you're upset. Mm-hmm. If you're upset, you've already you've already reached beyond that point of fixing it before it's a problem. Okay. So if you you can still take that workflow and say, well, I have an expectation. My boss has an expectation. Neither one of us has said it yet. So before either one of us gets upset, one of us needs to initiate the conversation. And you know, whoever I'm going to say cares the most probably mm-hmm. needs to start that conversation. But if you if you see this is where society is moving of going back to the office, and you're like, I don't know then maybe it's pre- preemptive of you to go and talk to your boss and say, hey, I see this is happening through society. Do you have any ideas of what's happening for us? And are you are you contemplating people being allowed to work from home indefinitely? Mm-hmm. And it just starts the conversation. You know, it's not making them wrong. It's just asking questions. Uh, and I think as long as you're asking questions, you know, it's you're just inquisitive. You're not trying to make anything happen. You're just creating this magical thing called communication and dialogue. <laughs> Any other recommendations you want to give to anybody else in the, in the workplace who are, you know, maybe struggling right now. Um, even, even before they, that it's even come up for them. You know, they, the boss might not have even said yet, it's time to come back. It's time to come in or the, the other side of it, the, the outgoing person who loves being, you know, the center of attention in an office space for that person who can't really go to the office now and live in that social world. My, my big advice for everyone, both employees and employers Mm. is 
be willing to have those hard conversations of sharing expectations. I once had a corporate job and I went to my boss and I said, Hey, I know we do yearly uh, salary increases, usually around two or 3%, whatever it is. I've been in this job for quite a while. I'm in a senior role, not getting paid the senior wage, et cetera. Let's talk about an, an, an extra raise. You know, what does that look like? What do you need from me? Like, how do we get there? Okay. Uh, and that's me sharing an expectation of, I want to raise outside of the norm. I deserve a raise outside of the norm, whatever the expectation kind of subtly hints at, but I told him, this is what I want. And we had that conversation. He said, well, this is what I need from you over the next six months or the, over the next year or, you know, whatever it might be, you know, they're going to share their expectation. Then you come to an agreement, you negotiate, mm -hmm. you have that conversation. And then you both know what you're working for. They see it. They keep an eye on it. You inform them along the way. And I think that's one of the biggest pieces that's missing a lot in, in our job system is right. people are afraid to go to their boss and say, I have an expectation of something in this, in my work environment. I spend a lot of time here. I want X, Y, and Z. What can we do to make that happen? Um, and employers need to be okay with employees saying such. What uh, about be, that person? Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt yeah. you. What no, about that person it. who feels like this is just inside them? You know, the person who's still working from home because they don't have to go back yet. But there's something about, you know, they're, they're saying to themselves that the worries that they have are just in their own head. This isn't even anything I have to deal with yet. What kind of recommendations yeah. would you make for them? So on the flowchart, there's a question that says, is this expectation reasonable? So okay. all those thoughts that are going through your head, you first have to say, are they reasonable thoughts? Is it, is it just worries that are general or is there actually substance there? Because if there's substance there, then you can actually take preemptive action. You can actually go to your boss and say, hey, these are things that are worrying me right now. Mm. And these are this is what I ultimately want. So I worry about going back to the work environment. Um, I'm worried about my productivity because I've been doing great from home and I'm afraid I'm not going to at work or in the office. Um, I'm afraid of the commute and people forgetting how to drive, which yep. by the way, I've, I've witnessed people seem to have forgotten how to drive. I did last. one event live. <laughs> I did one, I facilitated one event live since we started opening up again. And I had to be in Boston, Massachusetts at 7 a.m., which means very little traffic was on the road, comparatively speaking, as to what it would be in an hour, two hours, what have you. I was white knuckled the entire time driving because <laughs> I had been in a car. Of course, I'd been driving to the store. I'd been driving my daughter to and from school, so on and so forth. But being on that road by myself on a highway with other people terrified me. And the entire time I kept saying to myself, why am I feeling this way? Yeah. And it was because I didn't know what it would be like with other people again. It is legitimately a fear of people going back out into the world with a bunch of people after so long of not interacting with them. Mm. And other people, it's fine. They're like, eh, it was like a, taking a week off, going on vacation, whatever. Let's go back. <laughs> that to was it. a long week's vacation. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, but that's in their mental state. There, it's like nothing's really different. So you just you you kind of have to go with that and say, is it reasonable for me to be feeling what I'm feeling and having these these worries and thoughts? And if you really do feel like, yeah, that is a legitimate, reasonable thing to to fear or think about then bring it up to your boss and say, Hey, I, I know you guys haven't made any decisions, but this is weighing heavy on me. And I need to know, like, what are you guys thinking? Like, where do you think it's going to go? Maybe help set my mind at ease so I can focus on what actually matters. Right. And if anything, just even 
broaching the subject might be enough to make your boss start thinking, if this person's feeling this way and said something, maybe there are other people out there who are feeling the same way but aren't speaking. So maybe I should reach out to everyone. Yeah, and hopefully... And- And that is my hope for anybody who's in a managerial position of like, please be aware of the employees. Like if one of them has an issue, they all do at some level. Like it's, it's not like, let's not single people out. Yeah. (laughs) There's too many people on this planet for one person to have the only thought on the subject. It's kind of like, you know, somebody came up with Chipotle and then all of a sudden there's Qdoba and Chipotle at the same time. It's like, anytime you think of this like Uber and then all of a sudden Lyft and it's like, they don't, happen individually they they happen in pairs and you know that's not a one-time thought (laughs) so ben thank you so much for coming on board this has been a fantastic conversation i've really enjoyed it um i know for a fact because of the research i did on you that people can not only buy your book but they can also download your flow chart can you tell them where they can go to find that Absolutely. You can go to havingexpectations.com and the flowchart's free to download. Uh, you know, stick it on your fridge, put it in your cubicle, you know, just remind yourself, put it in your car. So when you're in traffic, angry at everybody, you know, you can go right to that question. Is it reasonable for me to expect everybody to know how to drive? But trust, trust me, it's not. <laughs> but please be stopped when you're reading. Yes, <laughs> Don't exactly. read while driving. But, but even just as a subliminal reminder of like, oh yeah, sure. there's expectations on the road. <laughs> but yeah, don't be reading it while driving. That's that's not safe. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah, download that for free. Put it up all around you, and then uh, yeah, the the link to the books and everything are, are right there on the site. Thanks so much, Ben. I like I said, I really have enjoyed being with you, and I hope you still enjoy being here because now it's time for my speed round. Awesome, looking forward to it. I enjoy all the cheese. I really, really do. All right, Ben, just to remind you, I know I told you about it before, but I want to let you know this is a 60-second question and answer. I'm going to ask questions. You're going to answer as fast as you can. Just silly nonsense questions. Basically, the way I came up with all this is because everybody, whoever comes into a team-building event, has the expectation that this is torture. So for them, I give... I give facilitators and team building people like us a little taste of that torture myself. Perfect. (laughs) So once the music starts, I'll start asking questions. If you are feeling competitive at all, the number to beat from earlier this season was 13. Okay. So let's see if we can get you there. What's your name? Ben. What's your favorite movie? Shawshank Redemption. Do you have any kids? One. Which of your friends are you the most proud of? Bill. What's your favorite ice cream? Uh, Mint chocolate chip. Would you rather live for a week in the past or the future? Future. What's your favorite childhood memory? Uh, Getting a puppy. If you could eat any one food for the rest of your life and nothing else, what would it be? Pizza. Nice. (laughs) If you could be a cartoon character, which one would you like to be? Uh, Phineas and Ferb. That's two, but okay. Phineas. (laughs) If you could actually live in a television home, which one would you choose? Oh, goodness. Um, Simpsons. Favorite childhood book? Uh, Bears Team Bears. Are you a leader or a follower? Leader. Ben. Ben. Twelve. 
Oh, that well, one messed me up. Oh, I oh, that was so good that, though. The you did a, one messed me up. <laughs> that's okay. You did great. Well done. Thanks again, ladies and gentlemen. Please, my team, give it up for Ben Winter. Ben, thanks one more time for coming on board. I had a great conversation with you. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I did indeed. Thank you. And thank you, my team, once again. That's going to be it. We're wrapping up another episode of Team Building Saves the World. If you are new to this podcast or a longtime friend, please remember to share this with all of your friends and colleagues. We've got some really important conversations going on this season. We want to make sure everybody gets a chance to hear them. Plus, you can find out all about us and all the social medias at Team Bond Podcast. Please go ahead and look for us there. We're also on YouTube where we put snippets of these interviews up. Leave us a like. Leave us a comment. If your comment is nice enough, I will actually share it online or rather on a future episode. And if it's not nice enough, I might still share it on a future episode. But watch it like. Hey, thank you one more time, everybody. You can find us not only on social medias, but of course at teambonding.com slash podcast for this and all past episodes and all future episodes, depending upon when you hear us. That's going to be it for me, my team. Once again, please never forget, if you are within the sound of my voice, you are now forever on my team, and I'm always going to be on yours. Have a great day, team, and I'll see you next time. said that you learn more about a person in an hour of play than in a year of conversation. So why not put your co-workers to play with the help of the team at Team Bonding? Team Bonding was founded over 20 years ago with one simple question. How can employees have a great time while fostering strong, authentic bonds between people who work together? Their catalog of innovative events includes scavenger hunts, Jeopardy, and much more. Each activity, whether live, virtual, or hybrid, maximizes the impact of team building with an accent on fun. Visit teambonding.com to schedule your event now. Team Bonding, when you want seriously fun results.